As a leader in advanced HVAC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness, with a focus on personal comfort and prosperous communities. Mitsubishi offers a variety of indoor options, including high-wall floor mount, duct handlers, and extremely popular one-way ceiling cassette. Climate systems are great for a single room or the entire home, providing 100% capacity to minus 5 degrees. A full range of control options including Wi-Fi, touchscreen, and thermostats, and simple remotes are available to meet every customer's needs. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. For more information, go to MitsubishiComfort.com. Jeff Bennington is married to Wonder Woman and dad to Super Kids. On the sly, he's a marathon runner, a 2018 Boston Marathon qualifier, blogger, and Amazon best-selling author of Reunion, Twisted Vengeance, The Secret and Defiance, and The Creepy Series, among other books. And in 2022, The HVAC Millionaire Mindset. Welcome, Jeff. Good morning. Mark Madison here on Books and People. Today, I'm excited about our guest, Jeff Bennington. Jeff, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mark. Ah, my pleasure. Uh, so where did we meet, you and I? <laughs> uh, we met at the EGIA conference uh, in Las Vegas just a couple months ago. Yeah, that was fun. You were the last guy to come up and talk with me. I thought it was interesting. And uh, you seemed like right away my first impression was, here's a thoughtful guy. Have people always called you thoughtful? Uh I don't know <laughs> if they have, maybe I haven't noticed that. Um, and, and maybe that's just like growing older. I think if I was younger, I would have like felt like I need to be to the front of the line and beat everyone out for a book and all that stuff. But I, I just wasn't in a rush, you know, and, and I could tell there were other people that had, um, you know, they, they wanted to get in that line and they wanted to get a signed copy of your book. And I, honestly, I cared more about time with you than getting something from you. That was evident. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it was yeah. funny, though. I, I said, a lady's first, and you seen the grumbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were quite a few guys that were like, uh, heck with that. I want to I get in there and get a book. They can yeah. Yeah. One guy said, I counted the people in line, and I realized I probably wasn't going to get one. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. I think everybody got a book though, so it was it all all's well that ends well. Yeah, it was good. So, how did you get started in HVAC? Uh, well, okay. Um, back in 1991, uh, I met uh, Amber, who's now my wife, and um, there was a snowstorm that year, and everything shut down everyone's out of power but that was uh this particular night was supposed to be our first date and her parents kind of lived out in the country so they were definitely out of power and so um i basically just went there and spent the night getting interviewed by her parents who happened to own a heating and cooling business and so apparently i uh was a warm body and I was short and squirrely. So that's that's pretty much what was required of me at that time. And Rex, uh, my father-in-law, asked if I wanted a summer job. And of course, I was a poor college student. And so like uh, to get my first real job kind of felt 
pretty cool. So um, started working for him then and then worked for him for several years. And then as I ventured into other areas, other trades, because um, I eventually went into pipe fitting, fitting as well. Um, uh, I worked through with the company off and on over the years, whenever they needed help or did subcontracting and later did some quality inspections for them and things of that nature. So did your so, father-in-law Rex ask all her previous boyfriends to go to work for him? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he saw something in you. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I think, I think the other boyfriends, they were like, I wish you would lose that boyfriend. And that's, you know, that, that happened. And she lost the other boyfriends. And um, apparently there was some stickiness to me because uh, she's kept me around. Well, it's been a long time now. Yeah. You've been married <laughs> how many years? Uh, this summer will be 31. Well, I will tell you from experience that 32nd year is the worst. If you can get past that, it's all downhill. <laughs> why, why is the 32nd year? Oh, if you just said 40, I would have said 41. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll try to be on my best behavior then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Rex is pretty happy with you at this point. Yeah, uh, we've got a good relationship. Yeah. So what are your responsibilities now? Okay, so um, right now I am an account manager um, for Train Technologies in Indiana, and I cover pretty much the east side of Indiana. Okay. And interestingly, my wife has the same job, and she covers uh, central Indiana, all around uh, Indianapolis and just a little bit outside of Indianapolis. And uh, the reason she's doing that as well um, is because her dad sold the business a few years ago and um, her and her brother, um, they, they just didn't, they didn't want what um, Rex and Sharon wanted all those years ago. They enjoyed working in the business and working with the family, but they didn't want to own it. Right. So Rex, Rex sold it uh, to, um, somebody that was in a, an accountability group with him. And then um, Amber managed a couple locations, uh, different locations around Indianapolis. And then um, I've been with Train for five years. She has um, been with them for a little over a year. So when that spot came up, came available, she, she was definitely qualified to uh, take that role. So yeah, we're both doing the same thing. It's really interesting. That's unusual. It's unique. Yeah. So yeah. have you ever been to French Lick, Indiana and been to Larry Bird's house? I have not. <laughs> Is that on your no. bucket list? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta, well, I, I drove gotta... by French Lick once, yeah. but I didn't stop because I didn't think Larry would see me. So I just kept going. Yeah, uh, he's he's probably busy. <laughs> he was probably busy. Yeah, he's a busy guy. So what inspired you to write a book? Uh well, um, uh, well, I've written a few, so. Um, well, I only have the one. Million, yeah. Millionaire mindset. Yeah. So, so that one came from the work that I do. Um, what inspired me to write was I knew I was always creative. Like um, I was always a daydreamer, kind of person, always creating stories in my head. And um, there was a point in my life around 2006 when I started writing 
and then went through the learning curve of that. And and back then I was writing fiction. And between 2006, 2016, I had written uh, several fiction books and I was published in 2016 um, with a, uh, a book called Federal Underground. And, um, and during that time, I also wrote some nonfiction as well. And so circling back to um, the book you're talking about, HVAC Millionaire Mindset, once I started working um, as an account manager, I started seeing a, a pattern that um, I noticed back when I was working with my father-in-law. And the pattern is he would be nagging the technicians all the time about uh, average ticket and you know, guys not even charging for a service call. You know, they, they go drive an hour away. Turns out it's just a thermostat problem and they feel bad and they don't even charge the, the basic uh, call rate. And I noticed that back then. I didn't know a whole lot about it. I didn't know much about business. I, you know, I probably had typical, the typical mindset of a installer thinking, yeah, I mean, you know, that wouldn't be fair. And that wouldn't be right to the customer to charge for, you know, some things like that. And, um, but as an account manager, I noticed, <laughs> I noticed it with every one of my dealers, they all had the same problem. And I noticed it even with my, my small dealers, you know, the Chuck and the truck guys, where it's them and, and a helper, if they're lucky right. that, that, um, the guys that are small have big dreams, but just stay small. And the guys that are bigger, let's say 10, 20, 30 or more um, employees, I would notice they're dealing with that same thing. And um, I, I would say that over the course of time, I mean, I'm 53 now. I wrote that when I was 51. And um, my mindset has has changed. I, I don't. I don't think I have a poverty mindset, which I believe I did back in the day when I was making that first observation and my mindset was kind of in, in the more connecting with the technicians way of thinking. Um, yeah, you now, talk about that in the book. You, you basically had a bad attitude to anyone who was rich. Yeah. And I think um, the way we look at money is, has a lot to do with, why there's this problem. And if, to summarize the problem that I observed was that you've got a business owner. At some point, he either rose up in the trade and became a, a, a technician and then went off on his own, or he grew up in a family business, took over the business, or he's a business person and he buys a heating and cooling company, whatever it is, this, the, the owner has got a mindset that got him there. Right. There's there's just something about him that he's risen above and he's concerned about growing. He wants to employ people. He wants uh, to have a good quality service in his community and all the things that, you know, owners have. But they're dependent on people like that thought like I did. And they're dependent on people to to run a business, you know, in the office, out in the field. Uh, the, the revenue generators don't think the way they, they do. And it's a struggle. And I watch these, um, 
contractors, they, they provide a, 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 um, a sales process, they provide spiffs and incentives. And whenever they do this, it's just a pattern. It repeats over and over. It's like a, a record player just repeating over and over. Here's the sales process. Here's your spiffs. Get all excited, a bunch of, you know, celebration or whatever. And they go out, sales increase, technicians make more money and give it a month or two. And it just plateaus or, or drops back to where it was. And it repeats over and over and over. And um, so I wanted to address that. And ultimately, that's why I wrote the book is I just kept seeing it. And even last week, my largest dealer, I went in for a visit and... <laughs> They they come out of their conference room, the owner and the manager, and their heads are down, just shaking their heads. And I said, hey, guys, what's going on? Is it this is a bad time? I can come back. Like, no, no, no. It's just that they proceed to tell me it's the same thing. Their technicians just can't seem to charge what they need to charge. And um, they don't offer the things that they've been, you know, instructed. Just offer, you know, three or four things to make the system better than it was. And they don't do it. And so, yeah, so I wrote that book to address that issue, um, to point it out, first of all, and, and to address why it happens. And I believe it's just a mindset issue. And the way technicians think about money is really just representative of a mind shit, mind, mind, a mindset issue. You so, talk about four mindsets, poverty, fixed, growth, and prosperity. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, well, the poverty mindset, uh, I, the way I defined it, I'm sure you could find your own definition, but the way I, I, I defined it in, in terms of what I was observing was a desire for something better obstructed by limiting beliefs. Right. And to me, that's, that's, um, you won't find that definition in a fixed mindset per se, because a fixed mindset is like, this is how it is. I'm, I'm always stupid. You know, someone said I was stupid. Therefore I'm stupid. Um, I can't be, I'm either excellent or I'm, I'm bad. And if I'm, if I'm excellent, I fail, then I guess I'm bad. And, um, and then the growth mindset obviously is where you're, um, where when you make a mistake, you, you, you look at yourself and you're like, okay, I made a mistake. How can I get better? How can I improve? Um, it's not, it's not the end of everything because you make a mistake. This is just an opportunity to, to learn and grow. And so those that, that the growth mindset and the fixed mindset, I mean, those are out there. Uh, Carol Dweck, who wrote the book mindset. Love um, that book. Yeah. Fantastic book. So she's, she kind of penned some of these mindset phrases and um, but the poverty mindset is out there amongst the community that discusses prosperity mindset. And, um, and, and so you've got a prosperity mindset and a poverty mindset. Poverty mindset is that rich people are bad and therefore it impacts the way they view money and, um, I've done some trainings with some of my dealers and um, I do a mindset training and we talk about that because the technicians want to understand why do I do that? Why is it I, I do get excited about making more money? I make more money. 
my wife likes seeing another two, three, four hundred dollars or more a week, but then it just kind of peters out and let me let me ask away. you this. Do you think it's a self-esteem issue? I that I don't be. deserve that? It can be. Um, I don't know if I mean that totally depends on the individual, but uh like what I tell what I tell the technicians is um like I do this little millionaire test and every time I get the exact same results, like every time I've done this like six, eight, 10 times, I don't know how many times now it's the exact same results. And I ask them, would they want $5,000? And everybody in the room is, oh, 5,000. And then there's one that's just like, but what, what do I have to do? And so they're, you know, they kind of back down. They're just, uh, they, they think there's something up with that. So but the vast majority of people are like, yeah, I'll take it. And then what about 10? What about 50? What about 100? And what about 500,000? And the higher I get to a million, the, the fewer hands are up. Right. And then I ask, do you want to be a millionaire? And it's like crickets. And, and I ask them, well, why do you think that is? Why do you think it got so quiet? And they really, for the most part, they don't know. Because it, it confounds them a little bit because they want money. But that idea of a millionaire and i then it's i a, asked it's them, a comfort zone though isn't it, it you're, well, you're pushing yeah. them out of their comfort zone they can't they have they see the world through a specific lens that doesn't allow them to believe that they can achieve that yes and i asked them to tell me the words that they remember hearing growing up that um describe a millionaire and it's like um spoiled greedy it's like all the bad things and all the things that they don't want to be. I'm like, well, you want money, but you don't want the stigma that comes with it. So why would you ever become that? And it really is a wake up call to a lot of them because they're, oh my gosh, I never realized that. Right. That I've thought that is not for me. I can never succeed at that level because they have this idea that to succeed at that level means you've got to be unscrupulous. You've got to right. be greedy. You've got to not care about people. You got to just plow through and leaving bodies and, and relationships everywhere. And, um, and the irony is the exact opposite is true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do, yeah. I do something similar. I, I ask, would you rather have $10,000 cash tax-free right now? Or would you rather have a penny today and then double that every day for a month? Yeah. Right. And of course, the answer is at the end of the month, it's one million three hundred forty seven thousand eight hundred forty two dollars and eighty eight cents. Right. right. And yep. but but that's because you also talk about in the book about commitment to personal development. And to me, yeah. the concept of Kaizen, the Japanese concept that says improve one percent a day for 90 days and you're twice as valuable. It's mm -hmm. compound interest. Right. Yeah. But the the, the response to the ten thousands is a short sighted view the, the double the penny every day for 30 days is a long view. Do you think that gets in the way? Oh, yeah. I I don't think, I mean, I look back, and this is why I'm actually really passionate about teaching this, um, the mindset training to technicians, is because I, I know my parents um, had a, uh, I want to say both poverty mindset and fixed mindset in a lot of areas. I mean, not to bash my parents because they did a lot of things right, but um, the things that we know now, the things that are coming out with neuroscience and how we develop and all these different things, they didn't know any of that. And, right. you know, they, they never went to a, a 
Tony, neither did I, but they never went to a Tony Robbins uh, conference or anything like that. So you Or just, read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Right. They didn't do any of that stuff. So when I'm growing up and I'm hearing words like we can't afford that, and today I'm learning, you know, but a better question is how can we afford that? Right. You know, I just didn't have that. And I never learned, um, you know, like rules for success. Like, listen, Jeff, uh, I know you're 18 and here's what we want you to know. We never had any of those conversations about goal setting, about taking 100% responsibility for your life and choices and actions. Um, if I look back at our life, I can see where my parents kind of taught that victim mentality. Not right. terrible, not terribly. I've seen a whole lot worse, but you know, just all, all the things that I didn't learn then that I've learned over the last 25 years of my adult life. Um, I really want to share with technicians and it's amazing how many 20, I want to say 20 to 30 year olds, because you never know where they're at in their life. Right. Just, um, have never like, uh, thought about like, what, what are some what are some keys to them actually getting what they want? It's like people want money, but they do things in opposition to what they want. Like so, credit card debt. Yeah. Yeah. Or buying uh, assets that just appreciate. They, they just, they finally make money. They're 25. They're a tech technician who's been able to, let's say they've been able to live at home for five years. They got $50,000. They, they buy their house, which is great. That's a good one. But then they buy the truck the four wheelers and the boat. And now they're really right. right back to square one when they have such an amazing opportunity. And so, and yeah, I, you I, talk I, about that and, and I couldn't help but as I was reading this, I couldn't help but think of Michael Stanley's uh, book, the millionaire next door. You talk mm -hmm. about buying used cars and paying cash and keeping the same house for 30 years and zero debt, right? All the things that require some measure of discipline and, and an absence of ego Right. But I have to believe that you read Stanley's book, Millionaire Next Door. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that. you were like paraphrasing the things he talks about. Also, the richest man in Babylon, 10 percent of all I earn is mine to keep. Pay yourself yeah. first. Yeah. And right, those right. aren't the things that the guys you're talking about do. Right. Does it, they, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say the vast, the vast majority of people. Um, uh at least in the trades, because you're, you're talking about kids that in general, not all of them, I know technicians and installers that spent some time in college and maybe they learned some uh, financial skills, put them to use. You know, there's always, there's always a certain percentage that are doing things right, but the vast majority come from middle-class families. They didn't, they didn't get a whole lot of financial training. They, right. they, they're thinking, what do I need to do to get one more dollar per hour? Like that's their, that's their thing. I put in another year, I should get another couple dollars an hour. And they don't think about what do I need to do to add value to myself and add value to the company. Like right. a technician doesn't have to work a year to earn another dollar an hour. Like improve your skills. Go yeah. go get Nate certified and like overnight. Well, not overnight, but you know what I mean? You could right. spend six months getting Nate certified and that six months of on the job training plus the training you did with Nate certification can make you worth five or 10 more dollars an hour if you want, but you got to have that personal development mindset. And that's right. what, that's what a lot of them don't have. They just have that hand to mouth, get your paycheck this week, spend most of your money. And now I got to get more money for it. And, and it's my boss's job to, to give, 
to give me more money. And they don't subscribe to Philo, first in, last out, saying yes, saying yes to projects, taking a risk, maybe doing some projects that might not be comfortable, right? And right. yet we get paid to say yes. We No one gets promoted. We get lifted up because we get bigger than our job. Yeah. And so saying yes allows us to be uncomfortable for a little while, but it also affords us the opportunity to do some things. Like you said, expand your skill set, improve your attitude, you know, improve your habits. Yeah. Uh, so how does somebody get a copy of your book? Uh, well, it's um, it's on Amazon and it's in the Audible. So there's print, there's digital and there's. The, so they can um, listen to it and read it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do whenever I whenever I can, I get a, um, a the Kindle version and the audible version of a book. Yep. And, I, and I listen while I'm reading and I take that information in a little better. I've been I doing do that, that since 1989. <laughs> Windshield University, right? Yep. 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 Turn your turn your truck or car into a university. Yeah. yeah. Well, you and I have a lot in common in that respect. Well, what books had a big impact on you coming up? What are your top two or three books that you say, well, the, you know, this one really changed my life? Well, I want to say um, Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Right. Was a, that, that was a big one because even though I was, um, like when I refer to the last 10, 15 years, I'm talking a lot of my life started changing in 2006 when I started writing. But, um, but uh, in, in 2020 is when I read Start With Why by Simon Sinek because I had a COVID moment. You know, a lot of people have had COVID moments where everything shut down. You're at home for a little bit. Your family's all around you and you're just wondering, you know, what's going to happen to the world. And um, so when I read that book, I was like, you know, I never really thought about like a greater purpose. Like, what is the like, okay, I go to work, I raise my family, I write some books, but what's my ultimate? Like I started just really putting stuff down in front of me and writing down, what do I want for my family? What do I want for my career? And what kind of impact do I want to make? Um, how does my uh, spiritual beliefs and, and all these things, what I want for my kids, how does that come together? And um, that- You book, started searching for meaning. Yeah, in a, in a different, in a different, yeah, in a different way that I had never done before. It's like, um, it's like spiritually, I feel like I was grounded, but that, that was different. Like, um, it's one thing to think eternal and you, you live your life, you know, um, with morals and, and you're raising your family up in, in that kind of faith situation. But it's another, like, while I'm here, what am I wired for? Like I'm, I'm built, I've got interests There's things I'm passionate about and why, why, what, what am I going to spend the rest of my life doing that makes an impact on people? Right. And once, once I came to that conclusion, a lot of the pieces started coming together. And so that for one, that book for one was like, then I need to write this book because I really care about these technicians that I just see making the same mistakes. And the right. owners, because owners make, they they have they can have a poverty mindset and a fixed mindset as well. So I wrote that because it's like I was super passionate about sharing that message that I felt like they needed. 
Um, but a lot of that information that's in that book came from like what you're talking about, the richest man in Babylon. Right. That was, that was a good one. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't even <laughs> tell you how many of those audio recordings of Earl Nightingale. Oh, uh, the, the, the strangest, strangest secret. secret. Yeah. That and one. lead the field. Come on. Yeah. Like I, I now, so I, I listen to a lot of those free audio books that are on YouTube. Yeah, um, me too. Because I got a subscription so I can just listen and no commercial interruptions. And like, I don't know, I've probably listened to four or five different things from Earl Nightingale and um, Think and Grow Rich. I've probably listened to um, two or three of his books. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, who wrote Think and Grow Napoleon Rich? Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have on my desk here Napoleon Hill's 10 Rules for Success. Mm, yeah. Number one, definite purpose. Two, going the extra mile. Three, mental attitude. Four, the golden rule. Five, mm. learn all you can about your work. Six, be prudent with your diet and exercise. Seven, keep your thoughts upon the things you want. Uh, nine, learn to transmute your emotions to a definite chief aim and purpose. And uh, do the work. If you work for someone else, do it his way. And finally, instead of criticizing others, Devote your time to discovering the traits of your own that need to be corrected, lest they provide a basis for criticism against you. And that one right there changed my marriage. Huh. Because, because so many times in my life, I mean, I'm talking about as I'm growing up, right. uh, Amber, Amber and I had um, a really transformational period of our life, probably 20 years in when we learned about the DISC profile. Mm -hmm. And we learned that I'm a high C personality, high C, high I kind of combination. And she is a high D um, with high I. And so we opposites didn't... attract? <laughs> yeah. And, but if you don't know it, you're just butting heads the whole time because I'm wanting details as a high C. And she's like, yeah, I know, but just get to the point. And I'm like, wait, this matters. So, <laughs> I'm laughing you can... with you, not at you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But you can see that the, the, um headbanging that's going on the frustration right. but right. once we understood each other it would make sense i would give a little and like understand that she needs bullet points and she would give a little and know that i need to come over some more details and so she needs one five ten you're looking for one one and a half two two and a half three three and a half yes yeah yeah i Absolutely. know and nary the twain shall meet so yeah. <laughs> hey so before we run out of time uh yeah. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. If you could give advice to maybe not just technicians, but to anybody that mm -hmm. wants to develop a millionaire mindset, what are the two or three things that they need to do? Okay. Or or more. I, mean, I don't want to limit mm -hmm. to two or three. Well, what comes off the top of your head? Right off the top of my head is you need to understand that if you're not getting what you want out of life, it's a mindset issue. And I would ask, have yourself evaluate have someone evaluate themselves. Where do I fit between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset? Am I, am I, um, do I look at myself, the world and others as if there's, you know, every day is an opportunity for me to grow, for me to learn, or am I um, basing my potential on other people, which then that comes into a locus of control, right. which is it, am I in control of the things I say, do, respond, or do I put that power in other people? 
and I see so many people who have this external locus of control. In other words, outside right. of themselves, they're like, well, my boss doesn't pay me. Therefore, I'm that's why I don't have money. Um, uh, my parents didn't pay for my way through college. That's why I'm not college educated. Um, and all these things, that's basically excuses. That's external. And then it's blame. internal. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's the starting point. And then if 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 you understand, if you actually want to get what you want, you you need to be as close to a growth mindset, as close to a prosperity mindset, as close to an internal locus locus of control as possible. And then once you have that five things and I'll say them real quick. You need to know what you want. Most people don't even write down what they want. They have in their right. head this vision and this belief that one day this, that and the other is going to happen, but they don't put it down in front of them on paper. What's so, number two? Number two is take 100% responsibility to become the person that is going to be required to accomplish what you want. If it's to be, it's up to me. Yes. Yes. Number three. Number three is to get laser focused on the goals that, so what do you want? Take 100% responsibility to become that person, which is the, the personal development mindset and then get laser focused on just write down one or two or three things of what you want in different categories of your life or whichever is most meaningful family right. job. And then start on number one and get laser focused on that one. When you hit that, go to number two and then go to, go to your next, thing and keep focusing on that goals number four is have a greater purpose if you don't have a really strong purpose for what you're doing and for what why you're going after what you want soon as it gets hard you're going to drop out you got to know the why for the what and the when exactly yeah and, and number um, five and number five is habits you've got to you got to understand that the person you become is uh, essentially born out of repetition. And you, you're you just, every day that you're doing the same things, thinking the same thoughts, having the same habits over and over, you're just building the person who is going to be your tomorrow. So if you're not getting what you want, you've got to, you've got to prune habits that aren't getting you where you want and start building habits. And it's going to be it's going to take the same work that it took for you to develop develop habits that didn't get what you want. It's going to be just as much work to develop habits through repetition and emotion and over and over and over until you start becoming that person capable of accomplishing what you want. First, we form habits and they form us. Yeah. I frame that in a simple way. Carrots are hard. Donuts are easy. Right? <laughs> you know, everybody knows that you shouldn't eat donuts, but they're delicious and it's easy. Everybody knows you should eat carrots, but we don't because it's hard, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, the tough things are the, – the easy things are easy to do. The hard things are hard to do, right? Yeah. And so the whole focus – what you said basically was repetition, emotion, and time. And yeah. that's how you – form because it takes 21 to 35 days to form a new habit. But once right. you form it, it's pretty set in stone. Yeah. That's a good habit now. Bad habits are easy to form. And hard to live with. Good habits are hard to form and easy to live with. Yeah. Do you That's do you remember do you remember reading the last page of the millionaire mindset? I got three fourths of the way through it, and then I had to do this uh, web this uh, podcast. So I <laughs> yeah. didn't get to the end. So, but well, I will because it's on. You know, I'm reading it. 
Yeah, the ending part, there's a workbook. Okay, so we got one helps. minute, so so okay. make it fast. Yeah, so in the last, um, essentially, it's like a whole nother chapter of you drilling down into yourself and your mindset and figuring out what you want, looking at your mindset, where you want to go. And the very last page is a one-pager for developing that uh, uh, personal development habit. It's got uh, one page, you go through your goals, you go through what your, your daily accomplishments, the things you're grateful for, what you're reading, a personal quote. It's just like a one day, just make a copy a few days a week, go through that and help um, or begin the process of developing. But I've made it really simple by having one page that you just copy. Jeff, and, yeah. thank you for making the time, my friend. I know I kind of rushed you there. We're probably gonna need to do another one of these. Sure. But I appreciate you making the time out of your busy schedule, my friend, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. HVC Technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness. From electric cars to electric water heaters to electric heating and cooling, the future is electric. The demand for all of our electric heat pumps have never been greater. So there's no better time to join our community of premier contractors and grow your business. Here are some of the reasons why partnering with Mitsubishi Electric is a great idea. Mitsubishi is the number one selling heat pump in America and has been the industry leader for over 35 years. Mitsubishi offers local technical support and has a network of excellent distributors. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. To find out more, contact MitsubishiComfort.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.